Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and His Word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. We are going into a series this month called Stretch Marks. Everybody say Stretch Marks. All right. If you have them, that's not what this is about. Um, uh, uh, this, this is about God moving the markers in your life from where they are to where he would like them to be for this year. I believe that there's some people that are going to move from where you have been to where you need to be and you're going to need to stretch to get there. So, so in order to open us all up uh, to be ready for this word, uh, we have a custom in this house that we put our Bibles up. And we do it only so that we can make declarations. So if you have your Bible, toss it up. If it's on your phone, toss it up. If it's on your iPad, toss it up. If you don't have any of those things, just toss your hand up. Just real high in the sky, okay? And we... We are going to make some declarations, all right? Real, real high, real, real high. Put it up. If you have a heavy Bible, that's your fault. Okay, nobody told you to buy that big old thing. <laughs> now, if, if you came straight from a night shift here and, and you're not completely fresh, halfway. Okay? And if you feel that everything's failed, just put your... Just put it all the way down. But real, real high, repeat after me. Today... Louder. Today, Today, the Holy Spirit Spirit is going to speak to me me about stretching. stretching. Mm -hmm. After today, today, I will know know and fully understand understand that where my worship is today today is not going to be there there by the end of this month. month. That's right. right. It's not going to take all year. For me to stretch to where God wants me to be. Because I'm open to receive what God has said to me. I am prepared to do what God has told me to do. I want to be who God wants me to be. So therefore, I take today and I commit to stretch my mark. Let's go. Let's go. See how that works? Matthew chapter number eight. Matthew chapter number eight. I want to read two passages of scripture in your hearing from uh, Matthew's gospel. It is very, very interesting. I've been preaching for almost 23 years. February will be 23 years, and I've never taken uh, uh, the uh, two passages I'm about to read to you and, and, and put them side by side comparatively. I've preached either one or the other, but I've never laid them side by side to see the truth that maybe God wanted to speak. Uh, today I get to do that and I'm super excited about it. Matthew chapter number eight, uh, starting at the 23rd verse, here's what it says. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us! Because let's be honest, if you were in a boat 
and you thought you were going to die, you wouldn't be like, Lord, save us. I really need your help, Lord. I'm calling on you. Save us. No. Save us! We're going to drown! Jesus responded. I love his response. Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and waves obey him. Now jump to Matthew chapter number 14, starting at the 22nd verse. Immediately after this, after what? After the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Because again, that's how you would respond at three o'clock in the morning on a boat if you saw what you thought was Jesus. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. If you're taking notes, this first message for this year is stretch worship. Stretch worship. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to stretch our worship. Amen. If you're a first time visitor, that's it. I pray quick. How many people have made some goals for this year? You've made some goals for this year. You're like, yes, I'm going to do this. Real high, real high. I've made goals for this year. I'm going to accomplish them. How many made goals for last year? You made some goals for last year and you were like, yeah, I'm going to accomplish them. How many people accomplished them? Okay. Some of the same hands um, that went up didn't go up for the based on this poll I just took some of y'all can just throw your goals away now just 
Probably not going to do it this year either. I think it's good at the beginning of the year to make some goals. Um, some of us uh, make what we call stretch goals, where it's going to cause us to move out from what we've been familiar with, what we might be accustomed to, to reach a new marker in our lives. This month is all about that. I believe that this month God wants to stretch us in four ways. This first weekend is worship. Next weekend is in the word. The third weekend is in our witness. And the fourth weekend is in our wellness. Now, don't be troubled by wellness. I won't have keto diet plans up on the screens. I think you all have had enough of that. But I do believe that we need to be well. But I think it starts with worship, y'all. I believe based on us being believers, worship is the very foundation of what God wants to accomplish in our lives. Because from that worship, all these other things are amazing. Oftentimes, though, what you must realize is that from, for God to get us from where we are to where we're going, uh, he has to uh, give us a test. How many people are uh, planners? You, you, you like to know stuff, right? Like you, how many people are freaked out by spontaneity? Like you just completely become overwhelmed when it's like two o'clock and somebody's like, let's go to the mall right now. You're like, ah! No, Jesus, no, don't, say, don't ever say that again. I almost died. It's not on my schedule. <laughs> I've planned to go to the mall on the 23rd of this month for 90 minutes. I will pass by four stores. I will buy 11 items because they would be on sale at that time. And then I will leave. Like, like planning is just, you need a plan. Um, uh, uh, anybody ever, uh, uh, you know, you were in school and in, had the pop quiz? The pop quiz. The pop quiz um, was the test in between the test. Right? I plan on taking my midterm. Right? That's on the schedule, sir. And I plan on taking my final. That's on the schedule, ma'am. This pop quiz is not on the syllabus. Nowhere at no time did you forewarn me that there was going to be a surprise test. I have not studied for this. I have not prepared for this. Yet you thought it would be good right now to test me unprepared. Any, anybody had a problem with those tests? Like I have a problem with pop quizzes because it goes against structure. It goes against my plan. God does these all the time. Pop quizzes come up more often than you would like to even admit. Matthew chapter number eight is indeed, ladies and gentlemen, a pop quiz. These are men that have already decided to follow 
Jesus. These are men that have already committed their lives to him. While they didn't know everything, they were committed to understanding and being yoked to his teaching. He as a rabbi, them as the students, we are going to find out what it is to serve this man. Jesus goes, okay, great. Pop quiz. Let's get on a boat. And let's just go to the other side of this lake. Get on the boat. Jesus does something that is so awesome to me. And it just confirms to me that my lifestyle is right and is healthy. He took a nap. Mm, I just felt even saying it. I feel some even saying it. He took a nap. When you're a naturally caffeinated person like me, a nap is your coffee. I'm not putting liquid cocaine in my body. I'm going to just take this nap. I wake up refreshed. One of the gospel writers said that, that, that not only was he uh, uh, taking a nap, he had a pillow. Hmm. Lord, I'm telling you, it ministers to me. When you get to get a pillow up under your neck for your head, this is a this going to be a good nap. I'm, I'm getting excited about that. I got three services to do today. I'm, I'm looking forward to this nap. So, so, so he decides to take a nap. And, and while he's taking a nap, a storm breaks out. Now, now, let's review some things before we get into this. Matthew chapter number eight's narrative. He, they're on a boat. And he told them, we are going to the other side of the lake. He told them that before they got on the boat. We're going to the other side of the lake. Then they got on the boat, a storm broke out, and they forgot what he told them. How do we know that they forgot what he told them? By their response. They completely lost their minds. The storm breaks out tumultuous waves. This is not like just, you know, oh, it starts to rain. There are tumultuous waves. Here's the thing. Here's how I know uh, uh, God is the God of naps. (laughs) Jesus did not wake up in the middle of a storm. The boat is rocking violently. He is still asleep. That is, listen, I can't stress enough how amazing this nap must have been for you to be on a very rocky boat and not wake up. The disciples are in a complete panic attack. And so they go to him and they're like, hey, this boat is rocking. Do you want us to drown? They are just shouting at him because they are in a panic. They forgot what he said. Had anyone remembered that he's the one that said that they were going to the other side, maybe someone would have got a clue that if he's the one that said it, it's an automatic prophetic word. Being that he was the word wrapped in flesh, if he said we was going to make it to the other side, then this storm is inconsequential. We are going to make it to the other side. But let's be honest. In in a moment of uh, 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 chaos, we can forget God's word. 
in a moment of tribulation, we, for, we can forget the words that we're supposed to stand on and we come back to the one that gave it to us and we're going, Did, do you see what I'm going through? Jesus wakes up and he goes, why do you have such little faith? Like he's like, I don't understand why I don't un- forget it. Peace be still. He just rebuked the wind and the waves and everything calmed down. And here was their response. Who is this? Who, who, who is this guy that even the wind and the waves obey him? They left the test with questions. You are not supposed to leave your test with questions. God designs tests for you to leave them with answers. So they get off the boat. Jesus doesn't even go into the, I can't believe y'all don't believe in me like this. I don't even know why you're following me. You know what? Y'all should step off. When we get to the other side of this lake, you should just go. I need some new disciples. I need some people that can trust me in the middle of a storm. He didn't do that. He just duly noted it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever done that? With your spouse, your, 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 your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your teacher, your family members, your daddy, your mama, your children, just mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, 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 I, I heard you. Sure did, I heard you. And it's duly noted. I'm not going to talk about it right now, but, but I didn't forget. And he didn't forget because six chapters later, after this incredible miracle of feeding the 5,000, he says something to them. He says, hey, man, y'all get on this boat. I'm going to dismiss this service. Y'all get on the boat and go to the other side of the lake. I'm going to stay back and dismiss this service. And then I'm going to go and and talk to my dad. But y'all get in the boat and y'all go to the other side of the lake. Now, I'm just telling you me. Real quick, I, I can get PTSD pretty easy. If trauma happens in my life, if I even whiff that the same type of situations or scenarios going to come up, I might flinch a little bit. I'm delivered, but I'm, you know, I, I, I might just be like, hey, ho, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? That's too familiar to something that hurt me in the past. What are you doing? If, if he would have said, I need y'all to get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake, I'd have been like, <laughs> what you going to be doing? Because last time, um, last time you said, let's go to the other side of the lake, uh, it didn't turn out that well for me. Personally, I was a little shook, sir. So, um, and, and you was on the boat. And I was shook. So now you're saying, go to the other side of the lake, and you're not going to even be on the boat this time? Can we just wait here till you finish? I like, want you go pray to your dad, come back, and then let us all get on the boat together. Mm-mm. He said, I want y'all to get on the boat, and I want you to go to the other side of the lake. And these guys must have just been too enamored by the fish and the loaves. They get on the boat, and they start off on the other side of the lake. And around 3 o'clock in the morning, wouldn't you know it, a storm breaks out. Wouldn't you know it? They're in the same situation as they were last time. 
wouldn't you know it, they have to retake this test. <laughs> the, 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 the only thing worse than having a pop quiz is having to retake a pop quiz. This is not my midterm. This is not my final. But I have to do the pop quiz over again? You do. B- because I can see now that, 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 that you haven't stretched from where you are to where I need you to be. And so while I will never tempt you, I will, as a good rabbi and a good parent, I will stretch you. So we're going to take this test again. We're going to have a redo of this test. And the parameters are going to be different because in order for you to stretch, three things need to happen. Please write these three things down. In order for you to stretch worship specifically, you have to find him in the storm. I'm going to give you the comparative analysis between these two momentarily, but, but I need you to have all three of these points up front so that we can lay them side by side so you can see the difference of what happened in Matthew chapter number eight and the difference uh, between what happened in Matthew chapter number 14. You have to find him in the storm. Point two, you have to talk to him in the storm. And point number three, you have to walk to him in the storm. Here's what makes eight different from 14. In eight, Jesus decides to place himself outside of the situation. Because while he was with them in the situation, they actually could not find him. Well, 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 yeah, they found him because they knew exactly where he was in the boat. They knew where he was, but they couldn't find peace in him there. They knew where he was, but they couldn't find their hope in him there. They knew where he was, but they could not find their comfort in him there. So he said, you know what? I'm going to move from where you have been familiar with me and make you stretch to find me in a new location. I'm going to move for where you have taken me for granted and I'm going to I'm going to relocate myself in a different place to make you have to search for me and find me in a new place. Chapter number 14 is important. Because he comes down from his prayer time with his father. And here's the thing. My, my, my imagination is just so, so, so lit on this. He. He walks out onto the lake. Listen, he wasn't just off the shore. They were in the middle of the lake. They couldn't find their way. They, they had been rowing. The wind was too violent. It's, it's shaking the whole boat. Uh, uh, the, the waves are getting big. And here comes Jesus walking on the water towards them casually. This big storm is going crazy and he's cutting through the middle of it like a hot knife going through cold butter. Casually. 
and he gets within eyesight of them and he stops and he just stands there. He doesn't say, hey, disciples. It's a weak whistle. I'm over here. Don't be afraid. I'm over here. You guys, look. Hey, I'm over here. He doesn't do that. He gets within eyesight of them and he waits for them to find him. He's not going to reveal himself. He's just going to place himself in the situation and wait for you to find out where he is in the situation. When he was on the boat in chapter number eight, they couldn't find him. He says, I'm going to move position and hopefully uh, they can find me in this new test. And, and one of them, I don't know who's the first one that identified him, but they saw him and they went, is that, is that, it's a ghost. Now, I don't know why they would conclude it's a ghost, except that it's three o'clock in the morning. You've been rowing all night. You could be sleep deprived and a little bit scared. And so you assess that it's a ghost. But they found him. They, 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 I don't know if that's a ghost or not, but he's right over. I, I think that's him. I don't know if it's him, but I think that's him. They found him. They couldn't find him in chapter eight. They're now finding him in chapter 14. There's, there's a, there's a, the, the marker has moved. They, they, they just stretched just a little bit. Here, here, this is what brings us to point number two. You have to talk to him. See, see, in chapter number eight, they didn't talk to him. They were talking at him. Don't you care that we're about to drown? We're going to die. Do not understand. We are going to die. We are going to drown. That's not talking to someone. That's talking at someone. See, when you are fear-based, you can't worship. When you are fear-based, you can't pray. And you think you're praying, but you're not. You're complaining. Can, can you imagine if somebody tried to make worship lyrics out of chapter eight's narrative? Can, can, can you imagine if, if we took chapter number eight and, and Lord save us, we're going to drown? If those lyrics popped up on the screen, Jamar Jones is one of the most accomplished musicians in the country in the world. He could put the most beautiful string arrangement to those words, but they popped up on the screen. Can you imagine? Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Come on, lift it up. Lord, save us. We're good. Uh, the visitors would be like, mm, mm, mm. I'm not. This is, this is not Hillsong. This is not elevation worship. How, Lord, save us. We're going to drink. I'm not coming back here. I'm, they must write their own songs. Who, 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 who? That's not a song of worship. You're lodging a complaint. And many of us have a marker that we've set for worship that is no longer worship. You've become so familiar in this position at this mark that when you talk to God, you're not really talking to him. You are talking at him because of the storm has taken over the narrative of your relationship. God. 
Don't let the storm take over the narrative of your relationship. Instead of talking to Jesus, they talked at Jesus. Here's what changed in Matthew chapter number 14. They talked to him. Peter said, hey, Lord, if that's you, um, if it's really you, because I don't know how you have this moment of clarity at three o'clock in the morning with a storm breaking out and you see Jesus outside the boat. I don't know how this comes to you. Hey, if that's you, would you tell me to come to where you are walking on the water? I'm just being honest with you. If it was me, I'd have said, hey, Jesus, if that's you, get over here. (laughs) Come closer to me, sir. Draw me nearer, nearer, Lord, to thee. Right? Like, I need you to come over here. I'm not, I'm not, my, like, like, here, like, my suggestion is not going to be, tell me to come to you. I've, I've, uh, uh, my father was in the military, but he was in the Air Force. I, I don't know many people that were in the Navy, but I watched enough movies to know that, that, that uh, uh, b- before you get on uh, uh, one of the naval, naval ships, uh, or you have to ask permission to come aboard. Right. Like there, somebody has to give somebody with authority has to give you permission to come aboard. Peter did this in the opposite. He was asking permission to get off board. Do, do I have permission to come out to where he started a conversation? He started a dialogue. I'm going to talk to you about this situation. I feel that in this situation that I'm in right now with this storm breaking out around me, it would be safer if I was out there on nothing with you than if I was in here in this boat without you. Do you hear me? Listen, in chapter number eight, he didn't feel safe and Jesus was on his boat. What was Jesus' solution? You know what? Let me stretch your faith from where it is because you can't believe me and I'm right here with you. Let me put myself over there and see if you have enough in you to believe that you can make it to me over here instead of you trying to make it by yourself right there. Can, can Can I come over to where you are? And here's Jesus' response. Yes, come. You have permission to to, to stretch from where you are to where you know you need to be. And Peter does the, the, Peter, Peter gets off the boat. I don't, because I don't know how. I don't know how. He gets off the boat. He gets off the boat. Like, I don't know if he put his first foot down. Because it's water, it's water, y'all. I don't know if you've ever, it's water. Anybody ever done a cannonball into the water? Can you imagine doing a cannonball and, and you hit the water like it's ground? And you wind up standing up on it, looking at the bottom of the pool like, what? This is a new day. God has done a new thing in my life. He gets off the boat. He is standing on water and he starts walking to Jesus. This is quite miraculous. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. He starts walking to Jesus. And as he's walking to Jesus, um, he he, he does something. He he, he takes his mind off Jesus 
and he starts looking at the wind and the waves and it, and it breaks his, his, his concentration and, and, and scripture says he starts to sink. Now, now um, I, I've been in church for uh, 22 years as a believer, but I've been in church all my life. My, my parents, we had to go to church because we lived in their house, so we just had to be there. And, and, and um, I, I've heard preachers preach uh, about this moment that Peter had uh, with, with condemnation and, and with, uh, uh, you know, assigning blame. Peter should have never took his eyes off Jesus. Don't you ever... <laughs> Take your eyes <laughs> off Jesus. <laughs> no matter what the storm is, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the problem is, <laughs> asthma is real in the Pentecostal church. Asthma is a real. Bronchial tubes are inflamed in Pentecostal churches. Do you hear me? Okay. We need lozenges and everything. But don't you ever <laughs> take your eyes <gasps> off Jesus. And everybody's like, oh, thank you. And I'm in the back like this. Excuse me, sir. First of all, have Ricola if you need it. <laughs> Second of all, aren't you human though? Like, have you ever been in a situation where you were following Jesus, but the drama was so bad that you had a moment of humanity and frailty? It didn't say that he started to drown. It said he started to sink. Starting to sink. And drowning are two totally different things. Like, why would Jesus invite him out there, but then not save him until he's drowning? That's a mean rabbi. Like, I don't even want to follow that guy. If you're going to make me... And he's just sitting there. You going to believe me or not? You going to believe me or not? Believe, 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 oh, 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 there it is, believe, 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 ho, 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 believe, ho, ho! Why would, why would God do that? That has never been in his nature. It's a test. It's not gladiator. It's not American Ninja Warrior. Like, he just wants to see where you are. So he started to sink, and, 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 and this is the best that I can do in my mind's eye. Starting to sink is feet goes to ankle goes to shin. That's starting to sink. Waist deep, you sinking. Like you, mm-mm. That's something else. If it's up to your neck, you drowning, right? You are drowning. Scripture says he started to sink, and as he started to sink, Jesus reached out and grabbed him. Like, oh, that's as far as you could go? I got you. See, I want your per perspective to change on how he's trying to stretch you in worship. He, he, listen, <laughs> if this is your first time at church, 
in a whole year, I want you to know you are you have stretched your marker a little bit further than what it's been before. If you come back next week and you get two good weeks under your belt, I, I believe God will do something great for you. But 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 if you missed the third week and the fourth week and the first week of February and came back the second week of February, I doubt God would be there like, oh, for real, that's all you got to give me? You're going to give me two weeks of the first of the year? And then he's not petty. If God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent, then he's also not petty. He's just trying to stretch you from where you are to another place that you need to be. He said, man, wow, you got all the way here before you started to sink. That's better than what you did in chapter eight. Because I was on the boat, you couldn't get to me, and I was right in front of your face. God, this is so good. So he starts to sink. So I was saying, he picks him up. He said, oh, man, your faith is so little. It's, it, your faith is basically the same size it was in chapter 8. But at least you stretched this time. Why'd you doubt me? And then, and then he picked him back up. So that means it, went, uh, it re- went, went reverse. It went shin, ankle, bottom of the feet. They're both on, on water. And they both walked back to the boat. This is going to blow up somebody's theology that always responds to people, well, I'm not perfect. Only Jesus walked on water. That's, only, that's not even theologically correct. Jesus and Peter. Listen, thank you, Holy Spirit. Peter walked on something that should have been easy to take him under. By himself, he would have drowned. With Jesus, he's walking on top of stuff that he should be under. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. You plus Jesus equals victory. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You by yourself, you're going to be treading water. You with Jesus, you're walking on top of the water. They walked on top of the water. They walked on top of the water. And that's point number three. Please write that down. You walk to him in the storm. You walk to him in the storm. They, they, they walked back to the boat. And Jesus got in the boat with them. It's so amazing. Chapter number eight, he's on the boat and they're just complete panic attack and it leaves them with questions. Who is this guy? The second time he stays off the boat, Peter comes to him. Everybody else is a witness to it. They get back in the boat. All of them get back in the boat. Peter gets back in the boat. Jesus gets back in the boat. Now they're all in the boat and something amazing happens. They begin to worship him. That's all he was looking for in chapter eight. The pop quiz wasn't supposed to leave them with questions. It was to settle for them once and for all who the answer was. It's not the boat and your ability to navigate it. It's who you have on it. And it changes their whole paradigm from questions to answers, from confusion to worship. They begin to worship, and here's what they said. He really is the son of God. It's settled for them. That's in chapter number 14. Here's how I know uh, uh, that this settled it for him. Because there's another pop quiz two chapters later on dry ground this time. Thank you, Lord. And it is, who do men say that I am? Well, some say that you are a prophet and some say you're this. But who do you say that I am? Who answers? The water walker. 
the one that stretched his marker from where he was to where he now should be. He answers and says, oh, I know who you are. I can answer this real quick right now. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. I know this for a fact. I'm, you ain't ever going to ask me this question again. <laughs> I don't need another boat. I don't need nothing. You ain't got to say nothing. else. I wish somebody would ask me this question. <laughs> you can ask me any time of day. I'm going to give you the same answer. He is the Christ, the son of the living God. He passed the test. He, he rewrote worship. That's a worship song. Now we can put them lyrics on the screen. You are the Christ, son of the living God. We could all get behind that one. Nobody wants to worship too. We gonna drown. Not even in a remix. But you are the Christ, the son of the living God. We, we, we can worship to that narrative. So you find him in the storm. You talk to him in the storm. And you walk to him. In the storm. This is how God's going to stretch your worship this year. That means you might have to retake a test. Don't feel bad about that. Just pass it. Find out where he is. Talk to him about it and then walk, stretch, move from here to there so that you can get what he wants you to have, which is a revelation of who he is, which anchors you for anything else that you have to go through. Now, I have a bonus point. It's the first Sunday in the new year, so I thought I'd give you four points instead of three. And this point is very, very important, okay? Let me tell you why this point is so important. If, 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 if I don't give you this point, um, uh, my concern is that you'll become storm addicts. And the only way you'll go into a deep, intimate worship experience is if you have a storm. I know people like this. They don't feel good unless there's drama going on around them. They've been used to, to such a chaotic, stormy life that in, 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 in the absence of a storm, they don't even feel like they're close to God. So they become storm addicts. So please write down number four so you can be delivered before you even get into it, okay? You don't always have to be in a storm as long as you remember the storm. (laughs) I'm going to say that one again. You don't always have to be in the storm as long as you remember the storm. Peter was on dry ground in a group discussion when asked, who do men say that I am? You are the son of the living God. It's the same revelation he got on the boat. But he didn't need to be in another storm to give him praise for it. Listen, if you can remember your testimony, you can stretch in worship. All you have to do is look back on what he frees you and delivered you from, and you can stretch in worship. All you have to do is remember what he's done in your life, and you can stretch in your worship. This is going to be a good month for some people in here. I'm telling you, and listen, isn't, some people make a theme for the beginning of the year for the whole year. And, and the Lord just put me on an assignment to not do that. It's not going to take you a whole year to stretch. If you hear God, believe God, and obey God, you can have this settled by next week. Listen, when somebody, when somebody knows to do better, they do better. 
Uh, anybody like me, I can correct myself really quickly. If you just tell me, if you check me, I will be like, thank you so much, sir. This will never happen again. <laughs> Happens to me all the time. If I get pulled over on the side of the road by a police officer and they give me a warning, listen, I go past that light again. I don't need to see that police officer to worship right. That light turns yellow. I don't hit the gas. I hit the brake. All I had to do was remember that you almost gave me a ticket, but you decided to show me some grace and I can worship. If I can do that with the police officer, I can do that with God for all of my life. So listen, everybody do this. Put some tension in it, but act like you're stretching. Do it again. One more time. Now, and if you're an 80s baby, you're thinking about Hulk Hogan right now. <laughs> God is stretching you. Listen, and, 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 and you don't need to stretch anything that doesn't have tension. Wherever you find the tension, that's where he wants to stretch. There's some people in here that are like, I'm going to be uh, more flexible this year. And you can't touch your toes at all. Like you just go, mmm. Are you stretching? Yes. Fully? Absolutely. Believe in God to make up the difference. I will touch that toe one day. Jesus' name. But right now I'm just going to wave at it. Listen, you, you, you start where you are now. And all he's asking you to do is go one step further than what you've done before. Your worship during the week should change one step further. If you got a playlist uh, for every mood that you're in, I got, I got Hillsong and Elevate for my worship. I got Drake when I feel my emotions. I got Jay-Z and Beyonce when I feel like I need some, some, some rich talk. <laughs> I got Maroon 5 because I just love them. Right? right like, like, like whatever. I, I'm asking you to stretch. I'm asking you to take all your secular stuff that feeds your flesh more than it feeds your spirit and just go the whole week with just worship. And see, I just need you to stretch. I'm not asking you to throw your whole playlist away. Maybe you jam all Saturday to your other stuff. But I'm just saying, I need you to go from where you are and just stretch a little further to where he wants you to be. Because you're going to get a revelation of him there that you don't have now. So one more time, do it. We're going to stretch our worship, and we're going to get a revelation that we've never received before. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.